0: Joshua. Up to this point we have been considering the history of the chosen people of God as described in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. These are the book of Genesis, the book of Exodus, the book of Leviticus, the book of uh, uh, Numbers and the book of Deuteronomy. These five books have been always considered to have been composed by Moses. Of course, he did not uh, compose every detail of them. For example, his own death is recorded in them. But in its substance, these things come to us from him. And our blessed Lord himself in the Gospels refers to these books as being uh, written by him. Moses led the Jews, or rather the Israelites as they were then known, out of Egypt in about 1500 BC. After their long sojourn, their 40 years in the desert, and their other uh, adventures before reaching the Jordan, before crossing into the Promised Land, we are now come up to the year 1450 BC. And now we look to the next book of the Bible, which is the book of Joshua. This book, of course, gives the history of Joshua. His name has been given to to the book. And above all, it describes the entry of the Israelites into the Promised Land. Joshua was named by Almighty God to guide and to govern Israel after the death of Moses. He assumed the command of Israel and ordered provisions to be got ready so that they might cross over the Jordan and enter into the promised land on the third day. Two men were first sent secretly into the city of Jericho to find out its strength and defences. But the king of Jericho heard of their arrival and sent at once to Rahab in whose house they lodged, commanding her to give them up. She hid the two spies under a quantity of flax at the top of her house and told the king's messengers that they had left the city. Rhea begged the spies that her family might be spared when Jericho was taken, and the spies promised this to her on condition that she hang a scarlet cord from the window of her house. She then let the two spies down by a rope from the window of her house which overlooked the city wall. And the spies then hid three days in the mountains before returning to the Jordan, lest they should meet the king's messengers. After the return of the spies, the camp was moved nearer to the river, and here they remained for three days, during which time Joshua commanded the people to be sanctified. The march was at last commenced, and when the feet of the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant touched the waters of the Jordan, the water on the right side stopped, and that on the left flowed on towards the Dead Sea. This miracle, of course, recalls that which took place when the Jews left the land of bondage of Egypt when they crossed the Red Sea. And now a similar miracle takes place as they enter into the land of promise. The priests who carried the ark stood still in the bed of the river whilst all the Israelites passed over dry shod onto the other side. Then twelve stones, one for each tribe, were taken out of the bed of the river and afterwards set up in Galgal as a memorial. Twelve other stones were also set up in the bed of the river, where the priests had stood in memory of this wonderful miracle. The first camp of the Israelites after entering the land of promise was at Galgal, and here Joshua commanded all to be circumcised because this rite had been neglected during their 40 years of wandering in the desert. After this, they celebrated the Passover, which also had been neglected for more than 30 years. And the next day, they ate unleavened bread made from the corn of the land. And from that time, the manna ceased to fall from heaven. Shortly afterwards, Joshua saw an angel in the form of a man with a drawn sword, who assured him of the assistance of God and directed him how to attack the city of Jericho, which would be the first major city that they would reach on entering into the Promised Land. Now, Jericho was closed up and defended, because of the the fear of the inhabitants for the children of Israel. Because they had heard, of course, how the Israelites had vanquished the other nations on the east side of the Jordan, and so they were filled with fear, so that no man came in or out of the city. Joshua arranged the Israelites in the following order. First, the whole armed force of Israel. Then, the seven priests with the seven trumpets, preceding the Ark of the Covenant, which was carried by priests and accompanied by the remainder of the priesthood and Joshua. By the command of God, the Israelites marched round the city of Jericho once a day for six days. Then on the seventh day, they went round it seven times. And the seventh time, when the priests sounded the trumpets, the whole people shouted, and the walls of Jericho fell to the ground. The Israelites rushed into the city, and by God's order, put all the inhabitants to the sword, except Rahab and her kindred, who were with her in the house. This Rahab uh, eventually uh, became an ancestor of our Blessed Lord, which is also why she features so prominently in this story. She eventually uh, became related to Boaz uh, and uh, Ruth, who brought forth David, from whom, of course, our Blessed Lord is descended. And the significance of this is that, of course, Rahab was not an Israelite, but she was a Gentile. And this is mentioned specifically here and also in the genealogies of our blessed Lord in the Gospel to show how our Lord has come to be the Messiah, not only of the Jews, but also of the Gentiles. Now from Jericho, Joshua sent men to examine the city of Ai, near Bethaven. They said that its defences were weak, and that from 2 to 3,000 men would be sufficient to take it. 3,000 were therefore sent for this purpose, but they were defeated by the people of Ai. God made known to Joshua the reason why they were defeated, which was because of a sin committed by one of their number. Joshua cast lots to discover the one who had sinned, and the lot fell on Achan, the son of Sharmi. Achan then confessed that he had taken a scarlet garment, 200 sickles of silver, and a golden rule of 50 sickles, all of which he had hidden in his tent. These things were found in the place that he described, and they were brought out together with his sons and daughters, his tent and all his possessions, to the valley of Achor, where all Israel stoned him to death, and the things which were his were consumed by fire. All this was done because of his blasphemy. Joshua now made a second attempt to take Kai, and this time the Israelites were successful. The city was destroyed by fire and the inhabitants were put to the sword. God had commanded the Israelites that they should uh, that they should uh, destroy the entire nation of the Canaanites. And that they should take nothing from their own, of their own, from all the possessions and the, whatever they should find there. The reason for this was that God willed that they should begin afresh, and begin a completely new era in the uh, in the history of Canaan. Of course, it presents us with uh, considerable uh, moral questions. That Almighty God should have commanded a uh, such a wholesale extermination of the peoples of Canaan. Many authorities consider that this was because of the wickedness of the lives of the inhabitants and of the general tenor of the civilization of Canaan at that time. The Canaanites were rich. uh, They lived lives of considerable prosperity, but they were exceedingly corrupt. And this corruption was particularly manifested in their religious practices. They were very much uh, taken with the cult of fertility and the worship of sexuality. And in pagan rites and the temples and in public orgies and so on, they would perform the most uh, hideous and uh, perverse sexual practices. Not only that, of course, in the days before contraception and so on, such activities necessarily involved the birth of children. And in an added perversity, it became customary for many children to be sacrificed to these gods, particularly to the god Moloch. This was the, uh, the, the this practice of infanticide. You, was given a religious cloak, but no doubt also it was a convenience uh, to be rid of these children. It's not very hard for us in these days to understand such a situation because we have something similar in our own civilization, which is advanced uh, and luxurious and devoted to the worship of sexuality. And not only that, but also to the cult of infanticide, where in our own times, children are aborted in great numbers, not even on any religious pretext, but just for purely cold, practical reasons. The inhabitants of Canaan, became alarmed at the success of the Israelites and this of course was understandable in Canaan the country was not united it was a whole group of small city-states and these these really constituted a buffer between the important powers of the south that's to say Egypt and the north. Canaan was actually at a, a very important uh, crossroads in the civilization of the ancient world being placed before the great empires of Mesopotamia and Egypt. And at various times either the Egyptians or the Mesopotamians had sovereignty over this era, over this area. It's a remarkable thing that the Jews, or rather the Israelites as we really should call them at this stage in their history, that, uh, that they were able to conquer this land without any interference from any foreign power. Remember that by the time that they had reached, the, uh, they'd reached the, uh, Canaan and crossed the River Jordan, it was almost 50 years since they left Egypt. And the great and strong Pharaoh, Ramses II, who was such a great adversary of Moses, was already dead. And it would seem that, as often happens with such strong rulers, that he was succeeded by a weak son who was not able to maintain the prestige of Egypt outside of her boundaries. So the Egyptians didn't interfere, and it seems that there were also similar problems up to the north in Mesopotamia. The Jews made an attack from an unusual direction, from the east, a, uh, which was really coming forth from the desert lands and took, uh, took the Canaanites, not exactly by surprise, because everything was so slow in these days that surprise attacks were scarcely possible, but the, uh, the, 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 the invasion from the, the east was an unusual thing for them. Almighty God had promised them that if they were faithful to him and if they had obeyed uh, his instructions that they would almost certainly that, that not on that they would certainly be victorious but if they failed as uh, as as was the case in the uh, in the in the um, the attack on high, then they would fail and this seems to be the whole history of the uh, of the israelites that they the did not uh, They did not uh, completely uh, destroy the Canaanite civilization uh, into which they entered. And that posed, of course, the inevitable problem that once you subjugate people uh, who remain in your midst, there's always going to be the possibility that they will revolt against you at some time in the future. Not only that... If their civilization is superior uh, to the that uh, to that of the invaders, then there is the other possibility that the invaders will succumb to the superior civilization and adopt uh, and adopt the uh, the uh, the customs and the practices of the land that they've taken over, and this is exactly what happened to the Israelites that they very shortly later became corrupted and even turned to idolatry. Because of their, infidel- their, their infidelity, then they continued to have many enemies and it so happens that at the same time that they were invading Canaan from the east that there was a, another invasion, a very unusual invasion for these days from the sea on the west when the Philistines entered the country and started to occupy the coastal regions and they were also to become a great problem to the Israelites in the future. However, in the meantime, as we were saying, the inhabitants of Canaan became alarmed at the success of the Israelites and a number of their kings banded themselves together in order to fight against Israel. The Gabonites refused to join the confederation as they feared the power of the God of Israel and by a subterfuge they came to terms with Joshua. Adonizek, the king of Jerusalem, who heard of the alliance of the Gabonites with Joshua, joined his forces with four other Canaanite kings, and advanced to besiege the city of the Gabonites. The Gabonites uh, appealed to Joshua for help, which he at once gave to them. And he and his army marched by night, uh, and came suddenly upon the confederate forces, who were defeated with great slaughter. To enable the Israelites to complete their victory, God performed a miracle and, at the word of Joshua, caused the sun and the moon to stand still for the space of a day until the Israelites were victorious. The whole country was at last subdued and divided by lot among the various tribes of Israel. So that each of the tribes were given, apart from the Levites, who were, who were, who were given over to the, uh, the worship and the, uh, the, the cult of, uh, of, of God, the country was divided up among the different tribes. Several years passed in peace, and at length Joshua, feeling that his end was drawing near, caused the people to assemble at Sikkim and made them solemnly renew the covenant with the Almighty God. He said to them, Fear the Lord, and serve him with a perfect and most sincere heart. If you forsake the Lord, and serve strange gods, he will afflict you. Choose this day whom you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered, We will serve the Lord our God, And keep his commandments. After this Joshua the servant of the Lord died being 110 years old and they buried him on Mount Ephraim. Indeed Joshua is the figure of fidelity to God's law. In his youth he was faithful and was appointed by Moses to lead the Israelites in their various skirmishes with the peoples that they met on their way th- towards the promised land. He and Caleb were two of the spies which Joshua which Moses had sent into Canaan in order to spy out the land, who were not overwhelmed and by what they saw there, but rather put their trust and their confidence in Almighty God. Whereas the other spies, the ten other spies, encouraged the people to be fearful. And because of their fears and their refusal to enter into the promised land at God's command, of course, they were condemned to wander in the desert. So that of all the Israelites who left Egypt, only Joshua and Caleb actually entered into the land of promise this uh, perfect fidelity was reported by Moses who actually changed his name uh, from Osi to Joshua at that time and Joshua means Jehovah is salvation it means in fact essentially the same as Jesus and in Joshua here we have a figure again of our blessed Lord who leads us victorious through baptism through the waters of the river Jordan into the promised land and gives us our ultimate victory over all of our enemies, over all of the forces of evil. Joshua, therefore, leading the people to the promised land is a figure of our blessed Saviour who leads us to our heavenly land, the promised land of heaven.